2 Kings chapter 6, verse 13 through 23. So last week, uh, Elisha was revealing God's battle plan to the king of Israel. And the king of Syria was very concerned about what was going on. Elisha told the king of Israel, beware of such a place. And so we emphasized last week about the idea of there are places we need to be aware of especially when God's word gives us clarity concerning the danger of those places. We know there are influences we need to be careful of. Anyways, well, that king is not finished. So the narrative continues on, and he's going after the man of God now. So we come to verse 13, and he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. This is a guy that's ahead. He's after Elisha, the man who is well ahead of him. Anyways, and it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. This is kind of humorous. But he led them to Samaria, which was the capital city of Israel. And it came to pass when they were coming to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw. And behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And the king of Israel said unto Elisha, he's getting giddy now, I can just see it. When he saw them, my father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, thou shalt not smite them. Wouldst thou smite those that whom thou hast taken captive with thy sword and with thy bow? Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and they went to their master. So the bands of Assyria came no more into the land of Israel. So for temporarily, even though they didn't kill them, they went back with a little fear in their heart and it seems to work. We're going to talk about spiritual vision tonight spiritual vision. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we pray that you bless the message, the service. Speak to our hearts. Help us to examine our own lives. Sometimes we're blinded and we don't even know it. I pray, Lord, not only that we'd be able to see ourselves in the light of your word, but we'd also see and understand the means of getting better sight a spiritual Lasix surgery, so to speak. 
that the cataracts that hinder our spiritual sight would be removed. We pray, Father, you'd help us. Bless our special music this evening. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I was thinking of the Apostle Paul there. I believe it's in, the, in Ephesians or Philippians or both. He says, I, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he was physically in prison, but he was there because of his own choosing. Because he chose to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Well, uh, in this passage here, just to get your mind uh, focused on what we just read, I want you to uh, try to put yourself and visualize this setting. Uh, So, the city of Dothan, it sits in a valley area. Mountains surround it, hills surround it. And the king of Syria has discovered where Elisha is located He and his men gather, and they're going to take Elisha with them. What they're going to do, I don't know, but they don't seem to have good intentions. When they show up, uh, Elisha's servant gets up the next morning, and he sees them on the mountainside, and he's in panic. He's fearful. Alas, master, what are we going to do? And Elisha, as calm as can be, says, Lord, open his eyes. And he looks at his servant, and he says, They that be with us are more than they that be with them. What I found interesting here is those soldiers of Syria, it does not appear that they saw the spiritual army that protected Elisha. But that didn't matter, because Elisha saw them. Now, his servant did not. His servant did not see them. And so Elisha prays. Lord opened his eyes, now his servant is able to see them. Apparently, it has a calming effect. When you see that the best player is on your team, it has a calming effect. When you see that you have the MVP, when you see that you have the hero, you have the champion on your side, oh, it doesn't matter what kind of crowd they have. And so, The soldiers come down, and Elisha says, Lord, smite them with blindness. And he does. And now those men, those soldiers of Syria, become blind. You read it with me, if you were paying attention. I just found it humorous that Elisha went out to greet them. And can you see them? They're blind. They're bumping into each other. Elisha says, hey, you need some help? Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's not all in the dialogue there, but, well, who are you looking for? Elisha. Oh, follow me. And I'm sure they all tie a rope to each other, just like, you know, hold the rope, kids. And they they follow Elisha into the capital city where the military might of Israel is located. And they follow him in there. He brings them right in the middle of town. Can you imagine the crowd in the town looking, seeing the, this, uh, the, these soldiers of Syria just kind of waltzing in? They have no idea where they're at. And the king's looking on. His soldiers are looking on. What on earth? Have they come to surrender? And then they discover that they're blind. And then Elisha prays, Lord, open their eyes. And those fellows would open their eyes. And can you imagine the little fear factor in their own hearts when they looked up and they saw where they were at, how they were surrounded. Can you, can you see that? Are you with me? I just think that's a great story. There's a lot in there about spiritual sight and spiritual blindness, and that's why I wanted to emphasize this thought, this uh, subject. 
One of the first things I notice here is the, uh, the danger of being, of, of uh, well, how do I have it written? Of not having spiritual vision. The danger or the uh, setback. First of all, the servant himself. Let's look at him. What happened to him because he couldn't see? What was he being ruled by? Fear. Fear. He was being ruled by fear because he couldn't see. And by the way, that's a good census test in your own heart and your own life. Does fear rule me or does the word rule me? You see, if at any time in your life you're afraid to follow the Lord Jesus Christ because of fear of man, fear of what the world would do, fear of so-called fallout and consequences of standing for what is true, what is right, if at any time that begins to rule your heart, that ought to let you know, uh, I've got some poor spiritual vision. Are you with me? That ought to be that examination that allows you to acknowledge, I've got to get my sight fixed because I am being ruled by fear. But not only that, we can also look at the army, the Syrian army, and learn some lessons. Though they, in a literal sense, were blind, we can learn some things about this spiritual blindness and some of the dangers of it. So we know uh, the good guy, Elisha, prays that God would smite them with blindness. God does. And what do we see out of them? One of the things we discover is these men of might all of a sudden become very vulnerable. Very vulnerable. Easily led astray even in their own mind and their own thinking. And I'm here to tell you, when you and I lack spiritual vision, we are easily led astray. You, you wonder why our culture has gone so mad? Have, has anybody ever wondered, how is it that we can so openly accept some of the things that are being promoted in our culture? That ought to let us know there is a spiritual blindness that is darkening the hearts and minds of the humans in this country. Even in third world countries, they're not that blind. We're ignoring what's naturally correct. I mean, that's just, and yet, and yet, don't think you or I are beyond being spiritually blind to the degree that we can be led astray in an absolute foolish, disgusting way in our lives. Because I've seen it happen. Not me. Man, I'm telling you, he that standeth take heed lest he fall. I am just telling you. Okay, so some of the dangers of uh, not having spiritual vision, you, you get, you're ruled by fear, like those uh, ten spies, uh, like the servant here was, you're easily taken advantage of. You know, in Genesis 19.11, uh, when, when the Sodomites came out, and the angels had just entered the door of Lot's house, and they came out, and they banged on the door, and they said, open the door that we might know them. It's one of the most disgusting passages in the Scripture, because when you read it, you read that passage, it says, young and old came out of the city and banged on their door and said, open it up that we may know them. I'm not even going to go into that. You know what the angels did? They opened the door, they held their hand, they blinded them. And then you know what the Bible says? And this is telling, this is telling. There's a spiritual truth here. It says they could not find the door. 
Well, John chapter, 5, John chapter 10, Jesus said, I am the door. And when people get that blinded, no wonder they can't find the door. They can't find the door. But the problem is, I'll tell you, when your motives are perverse, you're never going to find the door. When your motives are wrong, it's going to affect your sight. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Here's another thing, another danger. If you want to turn over to Revelation chapter 3, we've got to do a Bible study here. We just have to. It's, I know it's tough, but we're here, you know, we're just one of those churches that likes to open our Bible. Revelation chapter 3, Revelation chapter 3, and I need you to see this. Because there's a lot of ground I want to cover in about 18 minutes here. Revelation chapter 3. As we consider the church of Laodicea, the Lord Jesus has had a message for seven churches. This is the seventh church he will talk to. I'll begin at verse 14. And the angel of the church of the Laodicean, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and what? Blind and naked. Uh, What happens is when you're spiritual blind, you can deceive yourself. You can deceive yourself. And not see your spiritual need. I, well, how do you know? Well, okay. So Jesus told us in John 15, uh, verse 5, Without me, you can do nothing. And so here's the deal. That means I need to stay connected to him. Because without him, I can do nothing. But here's the deal. The longer I stay disconnected with him, the longer I'm telling him, well, I can get by without you. And you know what? He might let me get by. He might let me wander into the far country for a while, have a good time for a while. And I have no idea how spiritually blind I am. And I have no idea what the consequence is going to be. But I'm here to tell you, they'll always be far worse than the discipline of staying connected. Always. And so, Proverbs 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. And by the way, I know I've used that passage to promote goal setting and things like that. But the honest reality is that if we read the whole verse, it reads something like this. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but happy is he that keepeth the law. That's what it says. Why is that connected? Because right here is where our spiritual vision right here is. This is where it's at. And the way we respond to this tells a lot about our spiritual vision. A lot about our spiritual vision. Okay, all right, don't seem to be winning a whole lot of you over, but I'm telling the truth, and so I'm confident with that. All right, let's look at some of the blessings of spiritual vision. We looked at the, some of the consequences, and I don't believe I was exhaustive. I believe there's more, but some of the blessings of spiritual vision. First of all, there's confidence against the enemies. Look at Elisha. He had no fear when, those, when he was outnumbered. No fear at all, because he had spiritual vision. He saw his God on his side. All right, uh, he was mindful of God's presence. Uh, in this difficult time. You know, so was Caleb and Joshua. All right. Uh, Moses, Moses in Hebrews 11, verse 27. I love this passage. It says, And he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Matter of fact, the whole verse goes like this. By faith. By faith. 
he endured as seeing him who's invisible. I'm here to tell you, those with spiritual vision can endure. Those who endure what? Hard times, struggles, difficulties, adversity. I mean, uh, they can endure when others throw in the towel. They remain faithful when others give up. Uh, well, what makes a difference in these people? What makes a difference in a Stephen? What makes a difference in a Daniel? What makes a difference in a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? What makes a difference in a Joseph? What makes a difference in, a, in Mary? What makes a difference? Let me pull some ladies out. Hannah or David. What makes a difference in some of these great characters of the Bible? I'm here to tell you, they had some spiritual vision. They had, hey, the eye of faith. They saw God. And they were able to endure difficult times. Okay, we move on here. We move on. So we see these spiritual blessings. But I want us to do this. Let's take a census test. How do I know if I'm spiritually blind? Well, we talked about the idea of fear, being ruled by fear. But we, we didn't mention the most obvious. The most obvious uh, uh, diagnosis of whether or not you and I are spiritually blind or we are spiritually uh, limited in our sight. Here's the most obvious. How many of you know somebody, know a blind person? Anybody? Okay, so I had a second cousin, uh, my dad's age. Uh, his name was Lyle. And he, he was completely blind by the time he was in his late 40, mid-40s. And uh, he lived as a blind man on, uh, on, into his 60s when he finally passed away. I remember visiting his house, and he had everything in order. They're very meticulous because they have to be. But here's what I learned about them. Here's the way they live their life, okay? And so uh, let me just get around some people I can do. They, you all with me? They got to live by touch. They got to live by feeling. You know, when the Bible tells us that Isaac became an old man, he was losing his sight. He wanted to offer a blessing to his son, his oldest son Esau. You know the story, some of you do. And so he tells Esau, come on, I need you to, I need to go catch, get a deer, make some of that savory venison because I am hungry and I want to give you this blessing. You can't see real well. And so Esau goes out, and you know, some of you know the story, right? And so what happens? Uh, Rebecca knows the blessing is supposed to go to Jacob, but she goes about it in a manipulative way. She says, Jacob, you need to get over here. Uh, your daddy just sent Esau out to receive the blessing of God, and you need to do this. You need to go get a goat. We're going to fix that thing up to make it taste like savory venison. And uh, Jacob said, but my dad, I, I look different and feel different. She says, that your daddy can't see, but he can feel. So what you're going to do, you're going to put some goat's hair on your neck and on your arms there, make yourself feel hairy and when he asks questions he's going to touch you and this is what the bible says this is what the bible says jacob went in there and he said you know the voice the voice is jacob's but he says you feel like esau and he believed his feelings see he was spiritually blind too and see when you and i start Living by our feel, allowing our feelings to dictate our faith. Now I'm gonna just I'm gonna lay some things bare here, okay? Because I don't know any other way to do it. Because I think we need to assess ourselves honestly. You know, I understand. Okay, church service. What what what's this Sunday night? You're a radical crowd. You're here on a Sunday night. The world thinks you're crazy, and the fact of the matter is, you are. You're crazy about Jesus, and that's awesome. You're my crowd. I, I want to hang with you. 
All right? But the reality is this. The reality is this. You know and I know there may be times in our life where we don't feel like attending. And the question we've got to ask ourselves is not whether or not I'm sick and ill, because that's a no-brainer. We know that. You take care of yourself. Stay home. We understand that. Or it's not whether or not, well, I'm being called in and I have to work this week. And if that's an exception to the rule, hey, that's a no-brainer. But here's what happens. And honest to goodness, listen, maybe you couldn't admit it, but I know the reality is this. Sometimes people miss church not because they're sick and not because they have to work. They just don't feel like it. So who's ruling? I'll tell you what that says. That says they're, they're spiritually blind. Well, they never had the practice anyways. Well, that tells me they're spiritually blind. They need sight. Because the reality is, you and I forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of something. We need this, we need this fellowship as much as we can. So much the more as we see the day approaching. That's what the Word of God says. We don't need to be disassembled so much the more. We need to be assembled so much the more. It's not getting any better out there. And it's certainly not going to get better if we disassociate with ourselves. There is a spiritual effect when we get together uh, uh, around the Word of God and hear the Word of God and sing the songs of Zion. There is a spiritual effect it has on us. Just being together. That's why I hope you'll be together all month long. My wife and I are going to church when we're traveling. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal, though. That is huge. That's a huge assessment to ask yourself, am I being, <clears throat> do I let my feelings rule my behavior? And if so, man, I need some spiritual LASIK surgery there. Because I'm not seeing things the way God wants me to see them. All right? Again, I'm not talking about being sick, just flat out ill, all right? I'm just talking about, man, you know, I don't feel like it. I don't feel, you know, this is, my wife and I, we always get a kick about the full moon, the full moon effect. i got to be careful about this, because it has a real effect on people. I know it does. Come on, if you've ever worked in the ER, if you know police officers, they'll tell you, there's a full moon, there's action. Yes, there is. And unfortunately, it just creates a, a weird feeling in people. Man, I'm telling you, God will get you through it. Let's move on here. Let's move on. I better not meddle there too long. This, the cause of spiritual blindness. What are some of the causes of the spiritual blindness, okay? First of all, for the unsaved. You got just a minute? For the unsaved. The Bible tells us that the little g, the God of this world, uh, hath blinded the, minds, uh, blinded the minds of the lost that they would not receive the gospel. So Satan has a hu- is a f- huge factor in spiritual blindness, in keeping people in the dark. Because that's the way he operates, okay? He operates in the dark. He doesn't want you to see him, all right? And uh, what's the answer? Well, the gospel's the answer for the lost. But you know, the reality is this. Turn over to Romans chapter 1 real quick. Romans chapter 1. Scripture pages, scripture pages. Time to turn your scripture pages. We have our own version of Blue's Clues here. That's really out of date now, isn't it? That's, yeah, that's my kids. Do they still watch Blue's Really? The, the 15th generation of Blue's Clues. All right. Okay, Romans chapter 1, look at verse 17, if you will. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Somebody passed it on to you, and it's your turn to pass it on to somebody else. As it, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. What is faith? 
Faith is spiritual vision is what faith is. It's spiritual vision. Verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness because that which, pay close attention, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. Did I read that right? Did God say it's manifest in them? What's your Bible say? Okay, sounds like they're running out of excuses. We read on. For God hath, whoa, what's that say? Showed it unto them. They're running out of excuses. I don't care if they say, well, I don't believe that. There's no God. I don't care how many PH, how many letters they got behind the last of their name. It doesn't matter. They can say, I don't believe in God. There's no proof of that. That's all right, buddy. I know God's already real truth to you. You quote scripture, let the word take care. Hey, the, the scripture's like a den of lions. You let it out, it'll take care of itself. All right, verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. All you got to do is look at creation and you know there's a creator. And there are some scientists out there that are not saved that are at least sincere. Hello? They are sincere. And they will admit the very fact that there is creation. They know. They cannot deny it. There is a creator. Now, whether they want to believe in our Savior or not, they at least are on that ring. They got a little bit of light they're accepting. And if they'll accept a little light, hey, they can keep wedging through that door if they keep searching. Because God will not withhold the truth from people who truly seek it. But now look at verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. What produces spiritual blindness? Well, uh, for the unbeliever, we know Satan will do that. But I'm here to tell you, even for those who believe God, they can be blinded to truth by rejecting, or they can lose their spiritual vision by rejecting the truth God has already given them. Are you with me? It's different. God resisteth the proud, but He giveth grace unto the humble. I don't want that. Well, why don't they want that vision? Well, because men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. They don't want their sin being exposed, because then they'll feel guilty about it. And woe be that they feel guilty about sodomy, and about adultery, about fornication, about lying and cheating and stealing. Woe be they feel guilty about all that stuff. We don't want that to happen, do we? When the Word of God sheds light on it, that's just a fact. And in the great words of uh, Uncle Cy, Jack. Now you got a Duck Dynasty? All right, right, now move on. I digress. Turn over to 1 John chapter 2. This is huge. 1 John chapter 2. What are some of the reasons for spiritual blindness? Well, we know for the unsaved, Satan... But even the saved can be blinded when we reject the truth. Now, look at 1 John chapter 2. This is huge, absolutely huge. A person can be in church, carry their Bible. I'm telling you, they can, they can go through the motions of Christianity and still be blind. 1 John chapter 2. Look at verse... Ready? 11. I write unto you, little children, because your sin... I'm sorry. I went to verse 12. That was my left eye, not my right eye. Okay. 
If thine eye be single, you'll be full of light. All right, verse 11. But he that hateth his brother is in what? And walketh in, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. Talk to me, class. You want to, hey, listen. You want to stick a needle in your eye? You want to stick a needle in your eye? I don't. I don't want to stick a needle in your eye. (laughs) I don't want to stick a needle in my eye. But you want to know how to stick a needle in your eye? Get so mad at somebody you won't forgive them. Hold bitterness. Get angry. Defend your rights. Because it really is, you know, it's... The world evolves around us, doesn't it? I've, whoa, whoa. This will blind you. I've seen good people. I've seen servants of God. I've seen people who have sang in the choir and sang special music. And I've seen people who, who have been out soul winning and witnessing. And I've seen people who have come to prayer meetings get blinded because they got bitter in their hearts towards another brother or sister or somebody at work. It doesn't matter. Even if they're a lost person, they let hatred begin to rule them and they lost sight. And it, they began to unravel. And remember, where there's no vision, the people perish. I've seen it. Some of you have seen it. You don't, it doesn't take long to pay attention to that stuff. Oh, let's figure that out. But I'm telling you, God's Word is real clear here about this idea, the cause of spiritual blindness. So let's, let's move on, because i got about one minute, according to my goal. I may fail in my goal. I've failed in other goals. But I'll reset it. I'm going to give myself another five minutes. All right. <laughs> See, that's a blessing of setting your own goals. You can change them, too. Amen? <laughs> All right. So we're going for 705 now. All right. I want to give you the means of spiritual vision, because I don't want to keep you in the dark, okay? You can do your own LASIK surgery, all right? Hey, wouldn't you be, rather be the one? That'd be kind of scary. But uh, that is the scariest thing. I mean, my wife went in there to have cataract surgery, and you got to keep your eyeballs wide open while they're doing that stuff on you. You know what they'd have to do to me? They'd have to give me a sedative my, for my heart because I'd have a panic attack. Because <laughs> that guy's really going to do something with my eyeball. you going to poke around there. Number one. That is scary. I've had something taken out of my eye. I've watched the doctor pull a piece of metal out of Brooke's eye. You talk about fear factor. I said, Brooke, it'll be all right. Oh, God, have mercy. <laughs> Dr. Honan, remember him? He was about 102 years old when he was doing the surgery on her. <laughs> he stuck her in this contraption. And uh, and then he he says, just be still. I'm like, yeah, Brookie, be still, honey. (laughs) And I don't even want to go into it. The numbing and all of that, the little needle. Eh. What What did the servant do? Listen to this. The blessing of the servant here. Okay, even though he was not aware that he was spiritually blind, apparently he was a man with good motives, and that's huge. Because he went to Elisha, Alas, Master, what shall we do? And Elisha prays. 
You know, I've discovered this. When I read the New Testament, when blind men found Jesus, and sometimes even Jesus found the blind men, he gave them sight. But he only gave those sight who knew they were blind. The only ones he gave... Matter of fact, he told the Pharisees, he said, he told them, if you knew you were blind, you'd, ha- you'd be able to see. In John chapter 9, the whole chapter, he deals with, it's a story about a blind man, born blind. As a matter of fact, Jesus saw him before he saw Jesus. And Jesus gives that man sight. And he gets walking around, praising the Lord, he doesn't know better, because he was blind, but now he can see. And it's on the Sabbath, and oh, that's a no-no. And so the Pharisees came up and said, hey, who healed you? What's that all about? And he told them. And they said, hey, that guy's a nobody. He says, well, whether he be the Messiah or not, one thing I know, I was blind, but now I see. And I know he did it. And of course, in that story, in that narrative, Jesus talks to him again, encourages him in his faith, and he talks to those Pharisees and flat out tells them, you know, if you'd have knew you were blind, you would have sight too. You'd be able to see. See, uh, even those two fellows in uh, Matthew chapter 9, they came to Jesus. They said, Lord, have mercy on us. He said, what do you want? They were blind. He said, what do you want? That's what it says. He asked them. They said, we want to see. He said, all right. And you know what he said? He said, according to your faith. According to your faith. Well, apparently they believed because they got their sight. They believed so much, they went after somebody else and brought a, uh, a fellow that was uh, unable to speak to Jesus. So listen, seek someone who knows God. You, see, you want spiritual vision? Seek someone who knows God. Uh, pray, ask God, help me. I want to be able to see. You know what David said in, in Psalms 119? He said, open my eyes that I'd behold wonderful things out of thy law. You want the Bible to come alive to you? Ask the author to teach you. He'll give you what you need. Here's another one, Psalms 36. If you got just a minute, Psalms 36. We're almost done. And I mean it. Psalms 36. Psalms 36. Moving really quickly here. This is a passage of Scripture that years and years ago stood out to my heart. In verse 9, the Bible says, For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. In thy light shall we see light. So if we were to turn all the lights off in this room except for one light bulb, and if we all started off in the shadows, in essence, God is saying, if you walk into the light, I'm going to reveal reveal more light to you. That's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. If you'll you'll, uh, obey the things that are obvious in the scriptures concerning my plan for your life, you'll get more spiritual vision. How does somebody know they're called to the mission field? How do they know that? Because wouldn't you want to know? Wouldn't you want to have a deep-rooted assurance if you're going to forsake family and friends to go to a foreign country? I mean, you're going to have to have something deep-rooted there. How do you know? Well, God better make it real clear. You've got to be able to see it real clearly. Well, how? How? Well, if they haven't already been in obedience, every missionary that we support, I've heard this, and the Klugs were the last ones we took on. Before they were ever surrendered to the ministry, you know what they did? They were all in for Jesus as a family. 
They were witnesses. They helped out around the church. They just wanted to reach people for Christ here. He had no idea God was going to call him to New Zealand. Some of you are saying, man, I want to stay blind. No, you don't. No, you don't. God hasn't called everybody to the foreign field. No, he hasn't. Who knows? God may say, you know what? I got better opportunities for you. I got better opportunities for you to, to do more here, right here. And, the, and if you'll take advantage of those, you'll experience maybe a greater blessing too. Well, no, maybe about it. I think of Dave Green and the Hobby Lobby story. That's incredible. The man had a heart to witness. He's got a heart for people receiving the scriptures. He serves the Lord. He's got standards. As far as I know, as far as I know, you can go to Hobby Lobby right now, you won't find any Halloween get-up. You won't find devil masks, skeletons, and stuff like that at Hobby Lobby. Are you hearing me? Now, you correct me if I'm wrong, because that's what he put in his book. He said when he made that decision, God blessed that year greater than any other year financially than ever before. Oh, yeah, financial gain, yes, so he could give 50% of it away. To what? Missions. Talk to me. Spiritual vision. You obey. You obey. You want more light? You obey. And then finally, final thought. I don't even, don't even have to go to the Bible because I have this verse memorized. It's a short verse. Okay, Jesus wept. There we go. <laughs> this is it. This is where it all starts, right here, right here. I could have started with here, but I really feel like I need to end here. You want to have spiritual vision? How many want spiritual vision? How many want to be able to see clearer than they have before? Oh, here's where it's at. Here's where it starts. Because you and I need it, because there's adversity. Some of you face an adversity right now, and you need assurance that God's with you. Here's where it's at. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You say, well, that's future tense. How do you know? I read my Bible, and it appears to me that the pure in heart see God long before they get to heaven. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Heard one preacher say this years ago. I never, fought, I never forgot. It's a great quote. He said, where the heart is pure, the vision is clear. It's clear, or it's Sure. See, the most important thing we got to do is take care of our own heart. You know why Elisha, you know why Elisha could pray for his servant to get sight and get that prayer answered? You want to know why? Because he wasn't as focused. He, he had taken care of the, the beam in his own eye long before he dealt with the moat that was in his servant's eye. Hello? Man, just give me a head nod so I can wrap this up. All right. That's it. Father, we love you. Thank you for the word of God. Bless the service. Meet with us. Help us, Lord God, to strive for better vision. We're grateful for the vision you've given us, the light you have given us. We do pray for more. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Brian, if you want to come up and... uh...